You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia, and today we're going to talk about letting go of your inner victim. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Sometimes people who have been victimized by a narcissist or borderline or sociopath or addict of some sort, all they want to do when they come to work with me is talk about everything that is being done to them. And there's a certain powerlessness in this. It's as if they're saying I'm a perpetual victim of this person or these people and there's nothing I can do about it. Your recovery is in the learning of what you can do about it. Remaining a victim keeps you disempowered and at the mercy of those who scapegoat you, attack you, undermine you, and make you feel small. When we can understand that we're not victims, we learn how to take back our power from people and situations that have made us feel so disempowered. Now, I'm not saying there's no such thing as victims. For example, there was a brutal murder of four college students in Moscow, Idaho recently, and these people were victims of their attacker. He broke into their home in the middle of the night, motive unknown, and slaughtered them. They likely didn't even know this man, and I'm sure they had no idea that this was coming. They had no defense against the killer or his sinister plan. There were six people living in the house and all were present at the time of the murder, but only four people were murdered. The killer walked right by one woman on his way out and didn't even look at her. Now, she was also a victim because she could have been one of them. She was there. She saw him and her housemates were murdered. She was in shock and hiding in her room for hours before she called the police. She was a victim too, but at some point, being that she is still living, she will have to figure out how to take her power back so that she doesn't spend her life living in fear. And this will likely be a long journey for her. A woman who is brutally raped or date raped is a victim of rape. But if she is ever to be empowered again, she also must find a way to take her power back and not live in fear. We can be victims of a crime or a sociopath, but if we identify with being a victim, we will walk through life forever disempowered. If all we can do is tell our stories about 
how we've been done, done wrong. Our stories will keep us stagnant and powerless. Now I work with what I have typically called victims of narcissistic abuse. I try to change the terminology because the word victim is so disempowering. It might be better that I say men and women who have been abused by a narcissist or people who have experienced narcissistic abuse because I'm not denying that there is abuse there. Telling one's story of the abuse is part of recovery, and I do encourage it because people who have been through this kind of gaslighting and manipulation need to be validated so they understand that they're not making it all up in their heads. They need to get beyond their self-doubt and their feelings so small and insignificant. So they do need to talk about it with someone who understands and can walk them through their journey of coming to terms with the abuse and take back their power. Part of this process involves confronting the inner victim. We absolutely have to face the part of ourselves that identifies with being a victim. Some people will come to me and say, my mom is a narcissist. My dad is an alcoholic. My sister's a borderline. My brother's a drug addict. My boss is a narcissist. My ex-husband is an alcoholic narcissist. My current husband is a narcissist. And I don't have any friends because everybody I meet is a narcissist and I just can't trust people. Now, it's a great insight to be able to identify the extreme dysfunction in a family system so we can heal from that family's influence and all the abuse and disempowerment we've experienced. But one thing that is really important for us to know is that when we come from such a dysfunctional environment, we too are dysfunctional. We didn't get out of it without a scratch. We had to learn to adapt and cope within a toxic environment. And so our own behavior must be closely examined. We can't just look at what the people in our lives have done to us. We have to look at what we are doing to ourselves and also what we might have done to others. The hardest thing any of us can do is to examine our own flaws under a microscope. We know that narcissists have a powerful defense that won't allow them to look closely at themselves. So they project their fears insecurities and rage onto others. If you're someone who's been the recipient of these projections for most of your life, you have unconsciously played the role of the scapegoat, otherwise called a target. We feel like a victim when we're targeted. And from a certain perspective, 
maybe we are. But from a higher perspective, we allow ourselves to be targeted and blamed once we are adults. We may be so used to it. It may be so familiar to us that it feels normal. But in reality, it's not okay. If we're to stop being a scapegoat, a target, or a dumping ground for others' toxic waste, we need to take back our power and start erecting really strong boundaries. One thing victims try to do is change the perpetrator. The thought process is, if I can change this person who's hurting me so badly, then I won't be hurt anymore and maybe I'll get what I want. But this is the wrong line of thinking. The healthy line of thinking is, if I can change myself so I no longer accept this kind of treatment, then I won't be abused anymore. We can't change people. We don't have that kind of power. We can't love people enough to change them. When we believe that if we just love that person enough and continue to be there for them through thick and thin, they will one day realize what a great person you are and be forever devoted to you, giving you the love that you longed for. What is behind this line of thinking is a desperate need to be loved and a desperate attempt to get love where love is not. When we follow this path of devoting ourselves selflessly to someone who abuses us, we're extremely codependent, trying to, in a sense, manipulate that person into loving us by giving them our power. Not only does this not work, it kills our soul. We keep giving parts of ourselves away until there's nothing left. And in the end, we say, hey, he took everything from me. And this is the victim's line of thinking, because the truth is, I gave him everything. Now, some things we are aware that we are doing, but many things, especially in the early stages of our discovery and recovery, we are unaware of. We may not be aware of how we give our power away. We may not be aware that we're giving and giving and giving, hoping one day all our giving will be reciprocated. We may not be aware of how we are addicted to the person we desperately need to love us. We may not be aware of our codependency or our own narcissism. These things remain hidden until we develop enough insight and maturity to look deeper at ourselves. When we are focused on trying to change someone else or reciting everything this person has done to you while you are still suffering in silence, we're unconscious of our own role. We don't see ourselves. If we are to grow, change, and become empowered in our lives, we need to be willing to see ourselves and all the behavior we are engaged in that are keeping us 
disempowered. We need to understand why we developed in this way. And we need to learn how to give to ourselves all the things we've been desperately trying to get from others. If you have been spending your life trying to get a parent's approval, when you grew up with a disapproving parent, it's a futile quest to get a disapproving parent to approve of you. Perhaps you take this quest on the road and find surrogate parents, perhaps in a romantic partner or boss, and try to get them to approve of you to no avail because you are not likely going to pick people who do approve of you. You are likely to subconsciously choose people who are disapproving like your parents and continue the quest of seeking out their approval. This is a dead end road. And if this is the road that you're traveling, you are likely always going to feel like a victim of those who continue to be disapproving. Your power is found in learning to approve of yourself. Because if you grow up with a disapproving parent and you have an empty place within you that is hungry for approval, you likely developed a belief that you just aren't worthy of positive attention and approval. And this belief develops an energy imprint. This energy imprint leads you to locking into people and situations where you will feel disapproved of, which validates your belief that you are not worthy of positive attention and approval. These deeply encoded beliefs are your core wounds that need to be addressed in order to heal and rise above the energy imprints that keep you feeling like a victim. When we identify with the victim role, we polarize to being the innocent or good one and look at the perpetrator as the guilty or bad one. Then we go on a quest to get validation for our belief in the badness of the other and the goodness of ourselves. This itself is a type of narcissism, which is the ego reinforcing its superiority over the other to feel more powerful. Now, don't get me wrong. We can have some narcissistic tendencies and not be a narcissist. If you come from a narcissistic family system, you were affected by that system. And as a result, you developed coping and defense mechanisms so you could survive in that system. If you were constantly being made to feel that you were inferior, not good enough, not worthy, the victim role gave you a sense of superiority and power. And our society reinforces this. We see the victim as innocent and good, and we see the perpetrator as guilty and bad. If people in our social circle or family don't see 
our perpetrator or the narcissist in our life as bad, we feel an almost desperate need to convince them of the guilt and the badness of others, of that other person. And we do this to counteract our own shame. We do this by telling them our story of what he or she did to us. But the narcissist in his or her superiority and self-righteousness is busy making you the bad and guilty party and trying to convince others that they are innocent and good. It's really a no-win situation. The ego is so busy being right that the rest of you cannot heal. Now, in all fairness, when we are extracting ourselves from a narcissistic relationship or family system, we may need to communicate to others that are in that system that we're not going to allow that person in our lives anymore in any way, shape or form. And that we may need to preface this by saying they were abusive. Some people will support you and some will not. With family systems, when you make the decision to break away from a toxic family member, you may need to communicate to the rest of the family that you are not going to be attending any family gatherings where this person is present. It may result in your not attending family gatherings at all. Other family members may react to your new boundaries in a negative or toxic way by telling you you need to get over it or telling you that you are being difficult and putting them in a difficult position. They may tell you that you are too sensitive or worse yet refer to you as crazy or mentally ill. This type of dismissive behavior is also abusive and disrespectful and may result in your needing to walk away from anyone who does not support you in your desire to be healthy and break free of toxic people. Toxic parents or siblings are part of a toxic family system and nobody gets out unscathed. Everybody in that system are affected. They just play different roles. The dysfunction often carries over to social groups and to the workplace. You may find yourself in a workplace that reminds you of your family system. You may have a narcissistic boss or coworker and a bunch of coworkers playing different roles as they dance around the narcissism. Or your social circle may reflect this kind of dynamic. The thing is, when you heal and get stronger, you will no longer want to be in these kinds of systems. You will want to break free and choose people who reflect your higher level of health. Now, this is not about superiority. This is about being empowered and taking care of yourself in a good way. When you choose self-love and self-empowerment, 
you take back your power. You align with the reality that you are worthy and you do deserve to be treated with kindness, respect, consideration, and care. Life becomes a process of weeding out those who don't treat you as you deserve to be treated and embracing those who do. It's also a process of learning how to treat yourself with kindness, respect, consideration, and care. And this is self-love. When we truly become self-loving, we are no longer victims. We shed the victim role and rise up in our empowerment. We come to realize that our power is in our choices. When we are unconscious of our choices, we're at the mercy of our deep subconscious programming. Our subconscious promptings are the master and our conscious, our conscious mind is the slave in these kinds of situations. We're drawn to people in situations that allow us to repeat our patterns and stay stuck in what is comfortable and familiar in a dysfunctional and toxic sort of way. We are victims of circumstance because we don't realize that we have any control over our circumstances. However, when we start to become aware, everything changes. We start to understand our subconscious patterns and how they've ruled our lives up until now. Now in our recovery process, we practice being aware of these patterns and putting our conscious mind in its rightful place of power. The conscious mind becomes the decision maker and the subconscious, the slave, which is how it should be. The subconscious is there to help you carry out your conscious intentions. It's not a slave in a power over sense. The word slave in this context suggests that the subconscious follows your direction, not the other way around. When we are just running old programs, our subconscious is in charge. We are subconsciously drawn to those who will help us repeat the old familiar programs. When we take charge on a conscious level, however, we begin to start assessing our relationships and making choices that benefit our health and well being. Those running victim programs in adulthood are more victims of their own subconscious mind than they are of other people. It is the subconscious programs that keep them believing they have no choice. They are powerless. So they stay in their disempowering relationships and try to change the other people to bring about a more desirable result. And it never works. So they remain stuck. Someone may come to me and say, I can't get my narcissistic father to treat me like an adult. 
He still treats me like a child, telling me what to do, controlling my life, and refusing to see me as someone who is capable. I feel so small and insignificant when I'm around him. I would say to that person, stop trying to get your father to see you. He can't. You have to see yourself. You have to know yourself. It's not your father's job to validate you. He needs to see you as small in order to see himself as all-knowing and important. So you get to choose how much you want to be around your father and what kind of relationship you want to have with him. You don't have to have a relationship with him at all if this is what you choose. It's all choice. I might hear something like, well, I have to have a relationship with him because I want to see my mother or he's going to be at family gatherings. And my answer to this would be seeing him and having a relationship with him are two different things. Relationships are exchanges. They go two ways. You can choose your level of engagement. You need to show up with your boundaries intact and change your role of needing anything from him. You are not a child anymore and you don't need anything from him. You may want something, but you're not going to get it. So if you accept that you will never get what you want from your father, you can let go of the relationship you had and start giving yourself what you needed from him. Just by doing this, you are taking back your power. Now you can fill in the blank in this situation with husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, sibling, boss, or best friend. It doesn't matter. The same rule applies. You are only a victim when you don't believe you have a choice and you always have a choice. Choice is power. Putting your conscious self in charge is power. And isn't it time to fully step into your power and know who you are? You are not a child at the mercy of those around you. You are a powerful adult who can make the choices that are right for you. In any circumstance, love yourself enough to choose you. I wrote a great book last year called The Path to Self-Love soul recovery from narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships that I would recommend to you if you need a handbook by your bedside to remind you of these powerful concepts. I'll put a link to the book in the description. If you would like to learn more about me and my work, please visit NarcissismFree.com and PathBackToSelf.com. 
I want to thank you so much for listening and being with me today, and I will see you in the next podcast.